0: Cody Glenn, all the way from Rust, Texas, to the University of Nebraska, to the Redskins, to the Colts, and now you're at Super Bowl 44. Wow, what a wild, strange trip it's been for you. Yes, it has. It's been a journey. It's been a long journey. It's been up and downs, but hey, we're at the Super Bowl. I mean, I couldn't ask for anything more. My name is Cody Glenn. My hometown is Rust, Texas. This is my life, my health, my journey.
1: Welcome to the Forum, the show where we learn more about Husker Nation one fan at a time by asking him the same four questions. I'm your host, Honky, and I'm, our guest tonight is a former Husker. He has the rare ability to say he started on both sides of the football during his time at NU. As an IBAC, he carried the ball 143 times, racking up 14 touchdowns, 631 total yards. During his lone season as a Blackshirt, he had 51 tackles and one forced fumble, and he parlayed that defensive success into a pro career getting drafted in the fifth round by the Washington Redskins in the 2009 draft. He'd go on to have a three-year pro career that included playing in Super Bowl 44 at the Indianapolis Colts, and today he's an economics and government teacher and assistant football coach at Cypress Fairbanks High School in the suburbs of Houston, Texas. Welcome to the forum, Cody Glenn.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I was doing a little bit of research for tonight's show and I looked up your bio on uh, huskers.com and sociology major, volunteered your time visiting hospitals, uh, read uh, Read to succeed book drive, your teammates program with Coach Osborne, where we had Coach Os- Osborne on the show last year. He explained uh, how they started up the whole teammate, teammates program. Uh, you were named to the 2008 Brooke Beringer Citizen team for your outreach work and you were twice named to the Big 12 Commissioners Academic Honor Roll. And I, I think what that kind of led me to to think about is you're in the pro, you know, you you played here, you were in the pros. What made you want to get into the teaching and coaching that you're doing right now? And tell us a little bit about what you're doing at Cypress Fairbanks.
0: So here's here's Cypress. I'm actually here now. We uh, I'm the head track yeah. coach as well. So we just um, finish up track practice and try to get those guys ready for the uh, track meets that we have tomorrow and uh, Saturday. Uh, but really, with coaching, it was kind of one of those things that. When I graduated high school, the coach that I had in high school was such a had a, such a big impact on my life is that uh, I always knew this is what I wanted to do. Like my dream job, per se, was to coach high school football. You know, I never mm-hmm. thought I'd make it to the NFL or anything like that. Every kid thinks they will. But the reality of it, probably not. And so my dream was always to you know, coach high school football because that's what I wanted to do, because that's what he did. And so I knew I was always going to come back here and do that. And once I got finished playing, you know, I, you know, took a couple years off and then I came back down here and uh ended up finding a really good school to coach at and I've been here for the last five years and I mean it's been great. I I love every day. I mean like it's not like I'm working, I just you know try to impact these kids' lives as much as I can.
1: Mm-hmm. You're from Rusk, Texas, Texas. How far is Rusk from where you're at right now? Is that the same area? No, so Rusk is
0: about two and a half hours uh, from here. So uh, just northeast from here is about about two and a half hours.
1: Okay. Well, uh, you know, we asked the same four questions on all these forums. But before we get to that, uh, I want to give a a couple of uh, updates on what our upcoming shows are going to be. It starts with next Wednesday at this exact same time, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on March 1st. We'll have Husk Johnny. He's a former walk-on, Iraq War veteran and a Husker fan. And we'll have Redcast Abby. She's been on before with the Husk Girls. That will be two weeks from tonight, same time, Wednesday, March 8th at 8 p.m. And uh, last but not least, the new Redcast store is out there. Uh, Redcasters, you can use the QR code. We've got all our shirts and sweatshirts and this hat that I'm wearing. Uh, They make all that good stuff there, Uh, Smack and Smooch. You can find that uh, on our website or on our Twitter in our description. We have links to it as well. All right. Well, let's get to the questions here. And uh, for anyone that's been on the forum before, we asked the same four questions to everyone. Why are you a Husker fan? What is your favorite Husker fan memory? Who are your all-time favorite Huskers? And how do you think the Huskers will do this year? And what's interesting and, and what I really liked about having you on, Cody, we had Rob Zask on a year ago, but you're the second former player. And former players could be fans too. And, and they are fans. And we see them every day on Twitter and on social media. And they they root, they get upset, they get happy, all those good things. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to get your perspective on on your fandom and how you started. So let's start right away with question one. Why are you a Husker fan?
0: That's so the a main reason. So obviously I became a Husker fan during the recruiting process. And Nebraska was my first recruiting visit of the five that we were allowed to have. And when I went there, you know, I, I was there for a game and I got there and it's really just the fans, really. You know, you, you hear that all the time, but, like, really, it was the fans. Like, I, I'm there. I'm on the field. The game is uh, going and doing warm-ups and all that. And I, I'm i down on the field, and there's, like, little kids in the stands that, like, knew who I was. It knew where I was from. It knew, like, some of my high school stats. I was like, dude, I'm one of 30 other recruits out here. Um, I'm from this little small town in East Texas. Like, how does that little 11-year-old kid know who I am, where I'm from, what I've done? And, you know, it's just really just that pride about those fans and, you know, what Nebraska football means to them. And so that was that's, – that's what sold me. That's how I knew it was really special, and that's kind of what made me become a fan.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned you are one of 30 recruits that were there that was, that's the recruiting class. That was the big 2005 one. The, the number one ranked one, I think by Tom Lemming, um, you know, you were one of, if I remember right, three running backs in that, there was Marlon Lucky, there was Leon Jackson, there was, you know, uh, Chris Brooks at receiver Harrison Beck is, is that quarterback, but heck, so was Zach Taylor, uh, yeah. defensively Indomitian Sue, Philip Diller. I mean, that was a, that was a loaded class. What did yeah. it feel like to be part of that class? Um, it, it was such a big class, too. It was a kind of a transformational one of the Callahan era as they were moving into year two. What what did that mean to you?
0: Man, it was it was pretty special because you know with all those guys that we had coming in and understanding the talent that we had coming in and you know what Nebraska was and what we wanted to do for Nebraska, so I, it became one of those things where all of us were there at the same time as far as the recruiting business and stuff, and we kind of you know kind of got together and it was like man, this is a special place, and, you know, we can, you know, make it – try to get it back to where it was. And so a lot of guys bought in, and so it was like, man, we're going to come back here, and we're going to do our best to make this, uh, you know, back to the old Nebraska. So I think that's what kind of got a lot of people to kind of buy in and why that recruiting class was so special and has that kind of talent there because, you know, we kind of got together and said, like, let's go make this place special again. And that recruiting class is, was really special because, I mean, a lot of those guys, I mean, we still – Talk to this day, like mm-hmm. I still talk to Sue this day. My uh, friend David Harvey, I still talk to him this day. Oh, uh, Philip Dillard, Dillard, who's the funniest guy in the world, still you know still uh, talk to him every now and then. And you know you got mm-hmm. all those guys that we played with, and you know it's it's special whenever it's what fifteen years. I don't know however long it was that mm-hmm. we left. Hey, I'm, I'm I feel old, but <laughs> how <however long laughs> it was that we left? Like you still talk to those guys, and you still keep up with those guys. So you know it's it's pretty special
1: you know, I I think about it. I grew up during the Osborne era, the eighties and the nineties and for 25 years, now I wasn't alive for all 25 of his years when he was coaching here, but for 25 years, I was 20 when, when he retired and I was at UNL at the time, but we had one coach for 25 years. So now we've gone 25 years since, and we're on to our sixth coach since. And so there's been these different eras. I'm really interested in, um, you know, what was coach Callahan like as a coach and playing for him being recruited by him? What was that era like? You know, it was four seasons here. You got three of those years and then your last season was with coach Pauline, but what was the, the Callahan era like? Those first three years for you?
0: Man, it was, it was different just in the, you know, the sense of it was almost more business like. You know, I think yeah. with Callahan, I mean, you got in the, you know, meeting room with him and from football that was not a smarter person that I've ever met that knows football X's and O's like offensive alignment. Like he was a guru at that, you know, mm-hmm. running schemes and different things like that. Like it's the smartest guy to this day that I've met as far as offensive schemes and stuff. I just think with, with that staff, the biggest, you know, separation from them and the Pelini was like the relationship with players. And, you know, I think a lot of those guys that kind of came from the pros and they didn't really have that, those relationships. They didn't really build those relationships with the players. I understand, like, I mean, we're still 18-year-old kids, and we just left home for the first time. I mean, I'm, you know, hundreds, almost thousand miles away from home, and, you mm-hmm. know, I don't have that support that I grew up with and I'm used to. So, you know, I'm looking for that. And, you know, they weren't there what you would expect. You know, you didn't, I didn't really get that from them as far as what I would expect, especially with the relationship that I have with my high school coach. And so that was the main difference is those relationships that they built with the players. It just really wasn't Mm fairness.
1: You know, uh, I I have a follow-up to this, but I think I'm even going to hold on this one until the last question, because the last question when we start talking about Nebraska today and the changes, I think some of the things that you guys went through back in 07 to 08 with coaching transitions – Position changes. I'm really interested to get your perspective as we move to that. But uh, let's go to question two. What is your favorite Husker fan memory?
0: Oh man, uh, I don't know if it's as a fan, but obviously, like when I was playing, mm-hmm. is you now just think of the game and obviously one of my better games at running back because um, you know we went and played Ohio State in Ames, is it Ames, yeah, in Ames, Iowa, yeah. Thursday night or maybe Saturday night. I don't know. But it was a night game. It was on TV. It was on ABC. And, you know, I think the so funny story that I don't even think our equipment manager people know this. But so the week before, uh, who do we play? I have to look at the who play. But the week before we played Iowa State back in 2006, I think it was like October 2006, right around my birthday or something. And I didn't play much the game before that. And I was, I was pissed off. I was mad. And so, in my mind, I was like, I am leaving. I'm done. So I took my jersey, all my stuff, I'm leaving. And then going into that week, you know, state sort of turn around. Coach Jordan's like, okay, this is going to be your game, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. And I forget that I took my jersey. <laughs> and so we get to Ames Island, and we're getting ready for the game, and the equipment guy calls me Oh, where, where's your jersey? I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> so they ended up, so we had this guy named Grant Mulkey. I don't know, he was a receiver for us. And mm-hmm. He was 84, and for some reason, he didn't travel to that game. And so we ended up having to take his jersey and make that eight into a three. <laughs> I had to wear that jersey. So if you see any game in 2006 prior to the Iowa State game, I had like, you know, cuff sleeves. In that game, I didn't because that was like the one that Moki had, and so I was like, "Oh crap!" So I ended up playing in that game with that jersey, and having the best game that I ever had. I like, I I ever and I was like, "I don't think I ever told him that." And I never wanted to change the jersey because obviously I had a really good game in it. So <laughs> that's probably one of my, my favorite memories <laughs> from when I was playing there. <laughs> yeah, you know,
1: I I totally have to look that up now. Now I'm now I'm interested in that. Yeah. um saying in that same year uh oh six i i guess i've never done this on any of the forums but i'll say one of my favorite fan memories and it has to do with a game you played in and a game you did well in uh at a and m that year oh, uh yeah. you know the, the memory of it being the maurice purify last second catch nebraska wins 28 27 zach taylor takes us down the field in that game you had six carries 25 yards but two of those six carries go for touchdowns
2: yeah
1: uh, this is where our seats were we uh we're four rows up in that southwest corner, right in the end zone. I want to say one of your touchdowns, I think, was right in front of us, almost like we could reach out and, and grab you. But as you look at the the photo on the left, uh, looking across the field at the at the opponent side of the you know, uh, there's probably thirty thousand cadets there, and we had the worst seats in the country for that catch that Purify had because he's a hundred yards down the the field from us on the same sideline. With, yeah. I think that would have been A&M's bench in between us. So I couldn't yeah. see it. So all I was doing during that play was I just looked across the field. I looked at their sideline and you see 30,000 people with those white uh, flags and they're spinning them around. And all of a sudden the place goes quiet and you saw 30,000 flags stop. And I was like, well, I don't know what happened, but it was probably pretty good for us. You know, yeah. <laughs> one, one of oh, those yeah. two things but uh this is uh this is me with a redcast boomer so a boomer part of the redcast there that was us back in 2006 and uh here's one of those two touchdowns yeah uh, what did that feel like playing in that game being a part of that having two you know again we scored 28 points and half of them came from uh from you there what did that yeah. feel like there in that game
0: man that that right that game there was amazing I and mean, that probably would have been my and I was debating when I looked at the questions to see, like, which one, because that was, like, the next one that I would have picked because I remember that game, you know, night game, and, you know, Purify and Taylor, and he kissed that uh, ball to win it, and it was amazing. And, you know, I'm back home in Texas. Mm-hmm. for me is you know, two and a half, you know, maybe three hours away, so my entire family is there. And so to be able to hit the ball and, and score two touchdowns and, like, you know, have a pretty good game – and I mean, it was amazing. And that just that game in itself was just you know it was great with the back and forth and uh, being able to win it, the way that we did win it. Oh, uh, it was it was awesome. It was one of the you know one of my you know greatest memories from being at Nebraska was that game. That was one of them.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, over the years we've gone to a lot of away games, and you know, and certainly in recent years they haven't always gone our way, but. And I have people that'll say like, you know, are you going to stop going to games? Is it, you know, is it my fault honky that I'm going to away games? That's why we're losing. I'm like, no, number one, no. And second off you go as a fan, you go to games. Cause because of moments like that, that was an amazing weekend. Boomer nine. We took, we had our wives with us that weekend to go down there. We stopped at Baylor along the way in Waco on the drive down and, and went to the old Floyd Casey stadium, walked in there like on a Friday morning and they were playing a game the next day and they just you know they let you walk on the field and, That the game at A&M, that was the last game of the season for them and at home, at least that was their last home game. And I think they were changing the turf, if I remember, after that season. So they actually allowed for like almost no one gets to do this. We got to walk out onto the field afterwards because their field was sacred. They after the game, you know, they don't let, you know, fans come on there, but they we got to just walk out there. And I'm on the 50 yard line right after the game. The amazing feeling, the euphoria of the win. And the other thing is, you know, Nebraska fans. Uh, we had our love-hate relationship with Texas, the Longhorns. <laughs> yeah. But I have to say, A&M fans were, I thought, amazing. It was a great environment. Yeah. A college Station was super cool, and so, you know, we we even went the night before to the whatever they the yell thing that they do. Oh, and yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was it was a it was a lot of fun. It was a great environment, and and uh, it was really cool. And it was you had a a heck of a game in that one.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that was a good time. <laughs> My mood is over because my computer's about to I need to put my charge on. Sorry.
1: No, no problem.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. Perfect. All right. Yeah, so but yeah, no, that I mean just going back to that game, like that was like one of the, the most fun, most fun I've had in college football, just playing and um tell another funny story with that because so some of my family, my grandma for instance, she was at home. She's watching the game. And when I scored that first touchdown, kind of where y'all were at, mm-hmm. um, I was all excited. And I don't know how they can hear me on TV, maybe because like I was right there by the mic or whatever. And I was like, let's go, let's F and go. <laughs> and my grandma can hear me on TV, like she heard it. And so after that, because I think that was that game was like in November, early November, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And so when I went home between you know that time and the bowl game, whatever. And I went to see my grandma. She had a belt. Wait for me. 18-year-old, so I think I was a 19-year-old 19, 19 college football player, You know, 6'1", 225, big dude. I go home, my grandma, she put that belt on me. Don't you ever talk like that. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: It's like, oh, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. I just had to take it, but yeah, it's just it's crazy. Like, you know, college football player getting a belt by my grandma.
1: <laughs> that was great. Hey, the Redcast is a, a mostly PG 13 show, so I think you know, this is a, she'll appreciate if she's watching. So, yes, <laughs> uh, um, well, let's go to question three here and uh, who are some of your all time favorite Huskers? And before I even get your answer here. I have to look at your description there, and it's your mother's favorite player. Where does that come from? Uh, because that's on your Twitter description, and, and we put that on our, our graphic of you. So uh your mother's favorite player, where is that from?
0: Man, it was from like whenever when I first got there, and it was in the running backs room, and I can't remember if it was Marlon or Leon or maybe it was Dane Tyler. It was one of one of those guys, and we was kind of you know jibber jabbing back and forth. And uh I was like, Man, I'm everybody's favorite player. What are you talking about? And they was like, oh, no, you're not, or something. I was like, ask your mom. And then, like, you know, (laughs) just college kids making stupid jokes. And then from now on, you know, when I would see one of them, I was like, "Uh, who's your mother's favorite player? (laughs) Who's your mother's favorite player? And they would hate it. But that's kind of where it came from, Uh, just kind of messing with those guys in the running backs room back uh, freshman year.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I've asked this question every time, and it's always interesting to get the perspective of fans from different generations. We've had older fans, younger fans that, you know, who's your favorite player usually is somebody that you kind of grew up watching or whatever. So I'm interested with you. As you said, you kind of became a fan as you were getting recruited. And then now that you've been a part of the program for about 20 years – I, I'm interested to, to hear your answer here. Is, is one of your favorite players, or are they? or is it someone you played with? Is, is it someone you were recruited with? Is it someone that came before you here or, or someone since?
0: Man, I think I actually got a couple, you know, like, obviously. So before me, um, you know, one of one of my favorite players uh, was Brett Wistrom. Like, he's just a guy that he just did everything the right way. You know, you mm-hmm. just, you admire and you respect that, you know. Every day in and day out, you know, all the stories you hear from people, uh, never heard anything bad. Like, he just did everything hard, 100%, every single day. And, you know, I just kind of respected that, admired that, and just kind of watched him over that. Uh, and then one, when I first got there, freaking Adam character he, he was, he's just one of my favorite people. You know, he's like the big, just looks like a freaking monster. Like, he's just huge. But, man, he's the nicest dude you ever meet, you know, like his 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 wife's small and she's the sweetest, and he's just one of the you know most genuine dudes that, you know, I, I met whenever I was playing there. So, I mean, you can't help but to be a, a fan of his. And mm-hmm. then, uh, obviously, uh, Sue, like, I'm a, obviously, me and him are, you know, really, really good friends. We was good friends there. Um, so, we, you know, still talk with, you know, him, and he's got, you know, his twin boys and his wife now, and he's um, – Always been a fan of his just because I like, I was around him a lot, worked out with him during all season stuff. So you can see like, you know, his grind and what it meant to him and his dedication to it. So I mean you can do nothing but you know respect that. So mm-hmm. obviously big fan of his. And then you know, later years, uh man, two guys, Rex Burkhead and Amir Abdullah, mm-hmm. those guys, like man, they they're special. And just the way they did it, you know, like, you never hear either one of those guys, you know, be rah-rah guys or me me guys, and even to this day, if you go look at their Twitter or Facebook or somewhere, you're going to see something Nebraska. And so you know that Nebraska means a lot to them. Uh, they did things the right way, and they freaking heck of ball players. And, you know, you just, you respect guys like that, you know, and guys that do it the right way and just, and just, that are really, really good players and, and they love their alma mater. And you know, that's kind mm-hmm. of the things that, you know, kind of get lost in the shuffle nowadays with this portal and all that stuff is that pride for their school. And with those guys, you see it. You know it. Like, anywhere they go, you're going to see some Nebraska stuff on them, I'm sure. So, I think those are probably the guys that I'm the you know biggest fans of.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and Redcast Rob, who's who's taking care of our comments and everything, he's a Raiders fan. And, and as he posted there, Abdullah right now is currently with the Raiders. And yeah. speaking of Texas, Rex Rex Burkhead, there's a Plano, Texas kid, right? So, I mean, that was yes. something that, uh, you know, Nebraska – and I think we might touch on this here as we move forward. Uh, Nebraska's had a history of going into Texas and getting Texas players, and uh, it'll be interesting to kind of see how Coach Rule, what happens moving forward with that. But uh, the, some of the guys you mentioned there, I mean, those are some great, some great players there. Absolutely. Well, you know what? Not I never want to rush through the first three questions, but I really want to get to the fourth one always. And I'm really excited to have this one with you here uh, to talk about how do you think the Huskers will do this year? I mentioned earlier that you have some very unique experiences, I think, as a former Husker. You were here during a transition, so you know what it's like to go from one coach to the next. You know what it's like what these players are doing right now in their first offseason, learning a new strength and conditioning coach, learning, you know, new offenses, new defenses. One of the things that coach rule has talked about is there might be players switching positions. That's, that's conceivable. You didn't just switch positions. You switch sides of the ball going from eye back to linebacker. So maybe as we get started with this, let's start at that point. Give us a little bit of your perspective on what you're seeing right now from a transition standpoint, and maybe what are these players going through? Cause you've already kind of, you went through the same thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think with, what coach rule and, and the staff is doing right now everybody's you know buying in and they're believing and i think they've gained that trust from those those players and the players that they bring it in that they're going to do whatever in the best interest of the players in the program they're not going to go to anybody and say hey you need to switch to get them to just to switch you need to switch because it's going to be better for you it's going to be better for the program and so I think right now, building those relationships with the current guys and then getting the guys in that they, that they want um, is, is a really you know special time right now as well because now if you build a, that trust with those guys that's coming in, the guys that is that are already there, uh, it's just going to kind of make the future and the transition a lot more smoother.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think about um, <clears throat> one of my – I've brought this up on the show before. So I would go to coaches' clinics, uh, the the spring coaches' clinics from the last year of Solich, all the way through the Frost era up until COVID, and then I, I haven't gone the last year when they started back up. But so that's in the spring, and we'd watch a practice and do everything. I'm I'm well known on the show saying that I'm kind of anti-green jersey sometimes with quarterbacks, especially if there's a quarterback competition. But I, I have a a a point to it. It would have been. I think, gosh, it would have been the, the spring right before you started, actually. Because Zach Taylor would have just come in. He had have been in there over that offseason. So I think you're probably coming about a week, a month or two later in the summer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And we walked into this 200-play, two-hour-long scrimmage. And you mentioned Adam Carriker. He's one of the guys. And Jay Moore and and Lakeith, Lakeith Smith and Titus Adams and Stuart Bradley, that whole defense, they went out there and – and there was no green jerseys, 200 plays. And at the beginning of that practice, Joe Daly is the starting quarterback and he looks great in all the drills. He, everything he does, you know, he throws the perfect passes, but you get out there and you start playing the football and, and, and he starts getting hit. Taylor gets hit, but Taylor starts to get into a huddle and calls the play and completes the next seven yard out and just kind of moves the ball. And you start to see over the course of this practice, a change happen. And I, I remember thinking to myself, "I'm like, this is you can't have this can't happen if, if we don't play real football." Exactly. Coach Rule has talked about one of the things he wants to do is implement f- physical football in spring ball in the competition. How important do you think that is? Maybe even from what you've seen from from close or from afar. I don't know how how close you've been the last few years watching things, but how different do you think that can that can make things? Getting into spring ball and and seeing the physicality get out there. Uh, in, in that competition with the players.
0: Oh man, that's that's such a big thing because you know you also win a lot of respect with the other the other teammates uh at from the quarterback position. You know, you take mm-hmm. that off and, and guys know like I'm not gonna grab this guy and drive him down to the ground, but like he's gonna know I'm there and I'm gonna you know I'm gonna give him something, especially when you got running quarterbacks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you also get some of those quarterbacks is going to let you know like, hey, I'm, I'm not scared. I'm not gonna shy away from it. And, you know, if you get one of those guys and they go and they take a little shot, but they jump their butt back in the huddle and they ready to go, like, that tells you a lot about that guy. Okay, if he's doing that in spring practice in the fall, we can go win with that guy. And so that really shows the character of a lot of guys. I mean, you sit back there, you know you're not going to get touched, and you just got to throw the ball around here and there. Yeah, you got a great arm, but, you know, what happens when out of character somebody is coming around that edge, you're going to mm-hmm. you know, fold up or you're going to tense up, and now you're going to throw a pick or something. And so I think it's important, especially in the spring, to kind of see what you have as a team. I think that's when you kind of find your your leaders and your cap and your captains, you know, going mm-hmm. into the fall. Because you know when stuff hits the fan, who's going to step up and who's going to, uh, you know, be those leaders? Like we don't need a rah rah guy or anything like that. You need somebody that's going to step up in certain moments. And as a coach, you know when those moments are happening, and you know those guys are stepping up. When everything is good, you know anybody can say, Let's go and let's do this and do that. When things are not good, who's going to rally the troops together? And so oh, that's why I think, uh, spring ball is so so important to you know establish those leaders, establish uh, who's going to be the guy, who's going to be the quarterback, who's going to be you know whatever positions that you mm-hmm. know fighting for. You
1: know that's that's interesting talking about spring ball that way because. You know, we live in a world today now of NIL, transfer portal. So football is different from five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. But at the same token, uh, Coach Rule has talked about he wants this to be a developmental program. And we've kind of talked on our show about what does that mean? What does a a developmental program mean in today's football? And the first thing to me that comes to mind is you've got to be here now. You have to be here during this time of the year. Spring ball is that important. The offseason, the strength and conditioning, the mat drills, all those things. And I don't, I'm not singling out players from a year ago or two years ago, but if, if a player got here in the summer or we had one transfer from Texas tech defensive tackle, great. I'm sure he's a great player, but he got here in August, the acclimation period to expect a guy to come in and play right away. It just seems like, how do you get, how do you build that teamwork? How do you build the, how do you understand the, the, the playbook and all the concepts? And so if you want to be a developmental program in this today's NIL transfer portal world, I don't know how you can do it without being here now. Yeah,
0: you, got, you have to be there. Like, I don't know, like, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to fathom as, you know, from when I was playing to what it is now is to not go through spring ball and not go to, you know, summer conditioning and just show up in August or something like that. Like it's still a team thing whenever they take that, Team aspect out of it is when you know you're not as successful. And when you, when I say teams, you are there every single day. Like the guys that I was with when we played there, what made it so special is all right, I'm gonna wake up at six o'clock, I'm gonna see your face. I might get tired of sitting, but I'm gonna see your face. All right, we're gonna go to chemistry, I'm gonna see your face. I get tired of sitting, but I'm gonna see your face. Okay, we got weight room at 11 o'clock, I'm still gonna see your face. We're there every single day. All right, we mm. got a uh, study hall at, at, at three o'clock. I, I'm still gonna see phase be there. I am still seeing you. oh six o'clock we got we got uh we gotta go to dinner um uh, at the I forget what it's called uh oh, what's the what's the oh, like hall? the
1: Hewitt Center or whatever it was yeah that. the Hewitt <laughs> Center
0: like right, six o'clock we at the Hewitt Center I mm. I still see your face I'm tired of seeing you, but I still see your face we're still talking <laughs> we still there you know that's you know 12 hours most days when you with this guy you get to know this guy you know what he does you know who's he eats you know his family you know all mm. this and when you invest in your teammates like that, it means a lot more. And so, like, you go into the season with those guys, like, he's he's a family. When you say, oh, we are family, mm-hmm. if you're not there, you're not part of the family. But when y'all are there every single day, y'all investing, y'all running together every day, y'all lifting weights every day, you tired, half sleeping in the meeting, and he hits you and wake you up every single day. Like, y'all doing those things every single day, you invest it, that's when you have those really good teams, and I think that's what you know. A yeah. lot of college is getting away from you know. It's is getting away from that, and those teams that are really good right now, they have that, and they are playing for each other. You know, so I think that's the biggest difference right there.
1: It, that it's a non-negotiable that we have to have that if we're gonna that you know we hear so much about culture and building culture, but like one of the first big wins that Coach Rule talked about that he kind of had with the team back in November, December when he first met with them was. The feedback and whether the feedback's right or wrong, what some of the feedback they had was the players didn't like the food. And what they would do is they'd go into the Hewitt Center, they'd go in and get their food and then walk out and have a, you know, to go thing and take it somewhere and throw it away and not eat it. Okay. Well, Coach Rule, uh, uh, an early win with the team was, okay, we're going to change the food. And they made some changes. And yeah. uh, so, good. The food's going to be better, but you're also not taking that to go anymore. You're going to eat it here in the, in the facility. We're going to eat together as as teams, as brothers. You know, this is how we're going to build that brotherhood, build that teamwork, build that camaraderie. Is something as simple? I mean, as simple as just being together. Yes. I mean, yes. and and it's a non negotiable. When when I think about the the Nick Sabans of the world and the guys that are winning a whole bunch of cha- championships, they're probably doing all those things too.
0: Absolutely, because I I can still remember you know vividly like sitting down at the hewitt at my table after going through and you know picking my food and sitting down and you know I, I was kind of big then so I couldn't get certain things that was certain colors or whatever and I still remember mm-hmm. that so, and going to sit down and you know making sure like the volleyball girls sit over there so I had to make sure I sat across from them so I could you know see <laughs> them and all that you know like sure. I remember sitting in there with you know teammates and stuff eating and just hanging out and just you know just having fun and. You know, talking about who's pretty, who's not, and who, what date you're going on, and knowing, like, okay, 7 o'clock, uh, oh Dennis LeBlanc is going to come in here and make sure we freaking go to a study hall over there, and I got a tutor at 6.30 or whatever. So you knew you're going to sit over there, you're going to eat with your boys, you're going to hang out, you're going to have fun, you're going to build those relationships, you're going to go to the study hall, then you're going to go home and do it all over again tomorrow. But mm-hmm. you get that with those guys and you built those relationships, and, man, that's, that's so
1: important. That's so mm-hmm. important. Well, I think another important thing, and I, w- I really want to get your perspective on this, is the strength and conditioning changes from one to the next. So I'll, I'll give a little bit of background here. Um, I talked with one of the former offensive linemen um, who – he just left the program uh, just after the season. But um, we were talking about – I asked him, you know, how's the, the new strength and conditioning going? And he said – Oh man, it's just, it's different. They're doing a lot more flexibility, kinesiology, that kind of thing. And the last thing he's going to do, he wasn't going to crap on the the former strength coach. He was like, look, he got us big. He got us strong, but this guy's going to do something different with us. Okay. I go back and I think about you guys and you had Dave Kennedy and then you had James Dobson. And tell me if I'm right or if I'm wrong here on it. But as I recall, when Dobson got in there, First off there were some some fairly easy changes. Like I remember Dillard they tried to make him into a middle guard that one year like in <laughs> 2007. So he was like 270 they're like yeah, we're going to get him uh, you know some weight loss. Um Sue got a little bit big there I thought too kind of by 2007. They were you know and he you know transformed his body. But I even remember Dobson saying defensive backs they they were tight in the hips and that was something they really focused on that first off season and it got them looser. And, and by 2008, that defense that had given up 60 points to Colorado at the end of 07, that's the same defense, the same players that are there in 08 and 09 as, as this defense gets good. So that's a very long way to go around this and say, how much difference can we expect with a strength and a different mindset of strength and conditioning? What, what are the players going through right now and what potentially, what are some of the differences that we could see next year and, and in the years to come?
0: Man, and I think with the guy you was talking about, is, um it's it's gonna be it was a very similar situation as far as when I was there and we had that transition is man, I love Coach Kennedy to death, great guy. And yes, I got stronger, like I think I was a lift of the year, like I mm-hmm. spot like 705 pounds or something like that. Like it was awesome for what we was doing. And that's all I knew. When Coach Dobson came in, like it was. Totally different. And it was almost to the point where it's like, man, am I really getting something out of this? Because we was focused on flexibility. And it wasn't like, let's put a thousand pounds on your back. Okay, let's put you know 50% of that, but let's go down and let's come up fast. You know, let's do uh let's do uh eccentric and uh movements and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. we'll pressure, let's do quicker stuff, you know, longer rest, fast stuff. And I was like, okay, we're just gonna trust the process and it, and it worked. Like, you know, I, even just, you know, for me, just thinking about, you know, my situation is, you know, I went from, you know, being the stiffer bag that I didn't really have much much uh, wiggle. Like I just don't you know, go straight downhill and if you're in my way, you better get on the – you're going to probably get ran over. <laughs> but mm-hmm. on the defensive side of it, I just felt like with what we started doing with Coach Dobson and the flexibility and not, you know, having as much weight on our back and, you know, you know having more you know explosive movements that was the biggest thing explosive movements mm-hmm. uh, you know low reps m- being more explosive um everything just changed like i felt more athletic i felt looser i felt you know I, I had some you know hamstrings when i was first playing the running back but you know i felt healthier i didn't have any you know you know tight muscles or anything like that my hips was free like just in general my entire body just felt better uh Doing that, so I think with what the guys are about to experience now, mm-hmm. with the new uh, strength coach and you know what he's going to be doing, man, it's just going to help those guys be more fluid and more athletic, and you know, not have as many injuries. And with that, the guys, just going to play better. You know, I, mm-hmm. I feel they will.
1: Well, you know, I, I'm interested to see what they even start to look like in the spring because you know I mentioned I go to those spring uh, clinics, and I I recall 2008 like it was yesterday and seeing the first guy that I saw come out of the, the tunnel when we were down there on the, you know, all the coaches are down there on the field when you guys are practicing. And first guy that came out was Sue. And I mean, it was only, you know, three months after or four months after the end of the season, but he came out and physically he looked transformed. He almost looked skinny. It was weird. <laughs> yeah. like, but, but, you know, I mean, by Sue's standard skinny, his <laughs> arms are still, you know, big as tree trunks and everything, but he was, but he looked, he looked really trimmed down and yes. and you saw that with a number of, of, of guys. You just saw that there was some physical trait differences and you kind of mentioned there, the flexibility difference that you started to feel The honestly, that was a knock on the offensive line. I just happened to be talking to an offensive lineman at the end of the season, but the offensive line last year, it's not lack of recruiting accolades. There's three guys on that offensive line that were top 100 recruits and, and their guys are six, eight and six, nine and huge dudes, but they, it seemed like they lacked some of the mobility or the, some of the flexibility and that's just that's what kind of I'm, I'm maybe starting to create a narrative that isn't there. I don't know, but yeah, I'm starting to think like, is this something that can we see a guy instead of the the mentality that we have to replace players? The only way we can get better is we have to find someone else who's better. Sometimes it's like you know, Sue wasn't too bad, Cody Glenn wasn't too bad, but you know what? Maybe he doesn't play running back. Maybe he plays linebacker. Maybe we you know we move guys around. Maybe let's get Dillard back to a middle linebacker and get him into middle linebacker size. And holy smokes, before you know it, these same dudes. are leading the D I mean that 2009 defense that had so many of the same guys that were playing in Colorado in 2007, but that 2009 defense is the best defense I've probably seen Nebraska ever have. And I've, I've watched all the nineties ones. I don't know that any one of them are are better than, than 2009.
0: Yeah. I guess a very, you know, a really special uh, unit that we had there. And I think a lot of us just bought in to what Coach Dobson was doing. And Mm -hmm. yeah, like you said, like even with the guys we got now, it's not, really always a lack of talent you know it's just kind of you know trying to put things together if you're offensive lineman you got to be able to bend and if you can't mm-hmm. squat down and put your behind to your to your ankles and you know we got we got some problems we got to be able to do that you got to be able to open those hips up get down the line uh move mm-hmm. and if you're doing a bunch of heavy you know squat you're on a bfs system or whatever the case may be it's hard to do that but i guarantee if you if you look at the uh who's it philadelphia eagles on lineman. And mm-hmm. you see what they're doing, I bet they're not doing any of that crazy stuff because those big jokers can move. And so when you make some of those changes, you know, you evaluate some guy's skill set based on who they are now, maybe not where they were when they came out of high school because, I mean, guys develop differently. And, mm-hmm. you know, that guy that was a you know, three-, four-star running back coming out of high school, I mean, he might be a four-star linebacker now. Or, you know, that D tackle might be a, you know, a five-star – Right guard now, you know, just because mm-hmm. that's what, and having fresh eyes from new coaches, being able to see those guys, it may uh, it's going to allow them to evaluate those guys differently than what they were. Because when you with somebody and they already at this position, that's all you see them as. But now with this new coaching coming in, they can see different things that maybe the other coach was like kind of blind to because that's mm-hmm. what new. And so I think that's going to you know open up some eyes. That's going to um, allow some guys to you know. Give more, get more opportunities.
1: That, that, that's see, that's really that's the perspective I'm I'm kind of interested in because when a new staff comes in again, there's there's different staff mentalities, and we've joked about Dion a little bit at Colorado. He came in there and you know said, if you don't like <laughs> well, it, get into the, the portal. <laughs> yeah, you know, get in the portal if you don't like it. But he's not the first coach to ever make those statements either. I love the fact that Nebraska has a hundred and you know two hundred and three guys right now. I'm glad nobody got ran off yet let them go through the process let them go through mat drills let them go through spring ball and we'll see who who you know there's going to be someone that surprises us that comes out of nowhere and surprises us and there's probably going to be a player that we think is a guaranteed stud going to be the starter at some spot and he he doesn't make it you know and that's okay all of that's okay it's part of the the process you said trust the process earlier and that's that's kind of the process that we're going through with, with the transition
0: exactly exactly cuz you're going to have a lot of kids that they come in and I know, especially like just thinking about it, my situation was when those new coaches came in, I was like, man, this is an opportunity.
2: Mm-hmm. There's
0: another kid out there right now on that on that roster that's seeing this as an opportunity that maybe they didn't get before that they've been waiting for and mm-hmm. they know that, you know, they have the talent and maybe, you know, it hasn't been seen or that they can do it somewhere else. So there's a guy that right now that's hungry and that's waiting to show their talent. And next fall, we're going to know who that guy is. And mm-hmm. that's what's going to be special about this transition. All those guys there and stand there and working and, and and stepping up to those challenges and taking advantage of the opportunities that they are got to get. Like, mm-hmm. there's there's a guy I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see who that guy's going to be. But I'm telling you, there's a guy that we don't know right now. But in the fall, he's going to be a dude.
1: Oh, I love that. Well, you mentioned a dude, you mentioned Dane Todd earlier, as you were talking about uh, your mother's favorite player and he's a fullback and coach Satterfield, the new offensive coordinator, he's talked about the fullback being a part of this again. Um, We don't have a current fullback, at least somebody from a year ago that's on the roster. So that could be somebody moving from a position, someone seeing an opportunity. Uh, That'll be a lot of fun. Um, What, you know, you're, Coaching high school right now, what do you? Being a high school coach, I mean, are you specific to a couple of positions, or are you kind of all across the board with what you're coaching? What do you do at uh, at Cypress Fairbanks?
0: So I'm a so our our school. I mean, it's 3,500 kids there. It's a 6A biggest classification in Texas. We mm-hmm. got 16 coaches on staff. Uh, so I'm the I'm the running back coach. You know, we got a quarterback coach, a O line coach, an OC. Like we, so we got a ton of coaches. But I'm the running back coach um, here. And mm-hmm. so I've got all the running backs and fullbacks. We actually have a fullback in our system. A lot of high schools don't have fullbacks anymore, but mm-hmm. know, we play tight ends, fullbacks, twenty-one personnel, eleven personnel, twelve personnel, ten personnel. Like we can go all personnels because we you, that's what we do. And we have yep. you know, D1 tight end. We have you know, two D1 receivers. We got a uh, quarterback that just committed to UT. I tried to get him to, to Nebraska, but I couldn't convince him to go up there. But like, <laughs> we got some you know some really good kids. Uh, but yeah, so I, I do the running backs here, and we got another running back that's a D1 running back that's a sophomore. So yeah, we got some kids here. <laughs> yeah, well, I
1: just uh, defensive, 2025 defensive line prospect Landon Rink. Yeah, Landon Rink just got, just got a Nebraska offer in addition to a number of other top P5 offers. So
0: oh, yeah, and he is a dude. Like, he is, he is the real deal. Like, that kid is. I mean, he's, like, number 53 in his class, regardless of position, I think. And Mm -hmm. his his dad dad actually coaches here with us as well. And he's, like, our uh, co-DC. He played D-line at at UT. But, I mean, this kid is a man child. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know. You see Little Giants. What's what's the kid name on Little Giants? I know Icebox was the girl. What's the – I Forget oh, the yeah, you know, what I'm about, bro? uh, that's who he is. Like, Lee, he is a animal, and he loves it. Like, we had to kick him out. Like, he loves it, he'll live up here if he could, mm-hmm.
1: like, yeah. So, well, we you, I mean, people. Well, you know, up up here in Nebraska right now, we're hearing a lot with Coach Rule and the new staff. Um, geez, uh, Bob Wager was the head coach at Arlington Martin, and and you know, you have uh, Garrett McGee is the son of of the, the head coach at, uh, at Texas Tech, who was a yeah. was a, a high school coach that Coach Rule brought up at Baylor. And so we're yes. hearing a lot about Texas high school football right now in this yeah. state. Give a little bit of perspective to the, to the listeners, to the viewers. What is Texas football, like Texas high school football, like especially at the highest level, like you said, 6A? Um, we've talked about spring ball at Nebraska, but there's spring ball down there. I mean, what is it like, you know, being a part of – the highest level of Texas uh, high school football?
0: Man, football down here, I mean, you hear about it. You see Friday Night Lights and you see all this stuff. But, man, it's kind of a cold down here. I mean, it's a year-round thing. So, I mean, if you just go on a schedule right now. So, right right now, we're in track season, off season, and 707 season pretty much. Mm -hmm. And then we'll go April 21st is, you know, April 21st, we start spring ball we get 18 practice over the course of 30 days, So, I mean, that's like a full uh, fall count. So we get 18 practice um, over those days. And I mean, we get after it and now we mm-hmm. can see like, some of our young guys and uh, we ask the questions as far as who's going to be this position, who's going to be this position. So now you went from 707 to spring ball. And now going into the summer, you know, we pick back 707 up and you got, uh, strength and conditioning camps and that and that's like the kids come up three days four days a week three hours a day running lifting football every single day four days a week and then you go and you get uh was it fourth of july off and then you get the last week of july off and then we start back up uh second week of august and we get after it all the way hopefully into december get Mm -hmm. a couple weeks off then we back in January, back in off season, and it just starts all over again. And that's just the way it is because everybody's doing it. So if you want to be competitive, that's what you have to do. And so, listen, it's a really, really big, big deal down here.
1: Well, you know, um, this actually, you just set me up perfect for you were in a, an article a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Evan Bland, World Herald, and it was Nebraska's winning over Texas high school coaches, including former Husker Cody Glenn. I want to read a little piece of this because I think this gives a good perspective on uh, the, the the state of Texas, the high schools there. Uh, it says that Glenn felt that the, the old familiar game day jolt last weekend while attending a regional meeting as a member of the Texas High School Coaches Association. The running backs coach heard Susan Elsa address a crowd in Nebraska as Nebraska's chief of staff one year after she commanded a room of two to 300 coaches at a director of athletics uh, for the University Interscholastic League, the governing board of the state's high school uh, activities. Glenn heard 24 Husker, 24-year-old Husker receivers coach Garrett McGuire talk, too. Coach Matt Rule spoke at another regional site that day, prompting uh, the president-elect there, Kendall Miller, to tweet Nebraska's the Big Ten School of Texas. Uh, The Nebraska staff is planning to be at statewide coaching clinic in San Antonio this summer that annually draws thousands. And then, Cody, you went on to say, whatever Elza says and Rule says is golden, and we can trust that. A lot of it last weekend was reaching out to these high school coaches in Texas and earning that trust as Nebraska comes back down to the state of Texas to start recruiting. We feel comfortable sending our kids out there because we know they're going to be taken care of. I mean, how much does that mean that these guys – in Nebraska, they've been going out to, to schools in Nebraska, and that's meant so much to our local coaches. But what does that mean to you down there when you're seeing, uh, you know, McGee and Elza and, and you know, all the, the wager, all these coaches making that emphasis down here?
0: Oh, man, it's, it's huge because, I mean, you know, being from Texas, being a, a former Husker, being a, a Texas high school football coach, and now seeing them come back here and making Texas important, making recruiting Texas a big deal. And, and and we as a Nebraska fan base and Nebraska in general, with Susan, Dr. Elza, I mean, we should go there. Cause this woman, mm. she is, she is, she is everything as advertised. Like she was the head of um, you know, the UIL. So every single high school coach in this state respects her. She is genuine. We trust her. Whatever she says is, is gold. And so now you have Susan Elza, who has the respect of every high school coach in Texas. She come down here. Whatever she says is gold. She sends somebody down here. And if, if any coach is unsure about anything, we have her number. We call, like, mm-hmm. hey, so-and-so, so-and-so, like, okay, coach, trust it. They're good. Elza said yes. Okay, we're good. Bye. Like so you have somebody like that that has the respect of all these high school coaches. Now you have, you know, the recruiters coming down. I think and uh, Terrace Knighton was down here not long ago. Mm-hmm. And now you got all these uh, coaches from Nebraska coming down here, you know, with that, you know, stamp of approval from all the high school coaches that we've gotten from, you know, Susan, uh, Dr. Elzer. And so it's really big that now we're going to be able to recruit Texas a lot Heavier than what we've been able to do in the past because for one, it's become more important. It's become really, really important. Uh, so now they are coming down more. Mm-hmm. And I always kind of regret or not regret, I used to hate that we left the Big 12 because I felt like when we left the Big 12, now we can't recruit Texas as much because. Mm-hmm when I was being recruited and we was in the big 12, like, you know, coach Jordan or coach Gill, and then they come down to my house. i like, Hey, you are guaranteed to see your son play in Texas at least twice, two to three times a year. So you're going to see him there. I mean, we don't have that recruiting, uh, tool. Now we can't guarantee parents that. So how mm-hmm. else get them there. And so I think the approach that they're using now, um, with the high school coaches and 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 being down here and being present is going to go a long way, and it, it already has. With you know, we just got a recruit with last week uh, from from down here in Texas.
1: Yeah, right yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, first recruit, first commit out of twenty twenty four is Roger Great Gradney uh, from Altair, Texas, four star athlete, and uh, that that's exactly kind of the that was going to be my question. There is. You know, if you want to improve in an area, recruiting in an area, by all means, it, it seems natural to go and get an assistant coach that has experience over there. That, that makes sense. You see that all the time. This feels like a little different approach that, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I'd never heard of what the University Interscholastic League of Texas was before Dr. Elza was was uh, hired here, but it seems like a really big hire and kind of one that in in some circles could go under the radar or to go after Bob Wager and to get a, a sitting head coach who has had 20 years of, ex, of, of, uh, experience and success coaching right in it, you know, so you're not grabbing a you know a college assistant there. You're going in, you're, you're getting right into the heart of it and taking people out of it that, that have all the connections. And I mean, immediately for what it's worth, we got two recruits right out of, of, of Coach Wager's old team at and, in Arlington. One of them was an Iowa uh, legacy. So, uh, two, two immediate recruits in the last class. So, um, yeah. I'm interested, like, you know, I mean, you've already kind of made, what is the university interscholastic league? I don't even, I'm not even familiar with the, what that is, but it seems like it's a really big deal.
0: Oh, it is. It's, it's huge. And it's kind of, it's kind of like the NCAA of football
1: okay. It's
0: the NCAA of all high school sports in Texas. And so it's really just kind of a governing body. And so mm-hmm. now you can't have like, you know, kids move to different schools just because, Okay that school is not as good so i'm going to go to this school so we can make this school really good so now so now you have to live in an attendance zone and if you move like the uh you have to send your paperwork to the uil they have to verify they have to check it. Uh, coaches have to go out and do home visits and make sure you live at those places so it's really just to kind of govern high school sports and just kind of you know keep it pure and not have like you know super teams and all this these type of things so uh, it's really just kind of regulating our governing body over, you know, Texas high school sports. So really the NCA. Uh, oh, okay. Well,
1: Where Steven Costello writes and he goes, I can't wait to go meet the coaches in San Antonio during these clinics. Uh, are you, will you be heading down to San Antonio for those clinics?
0: Oh yeah. I'm there every year. It's it's me and about I don't know, 10, 12,000 coaches there. Oh wow. Yeah. And it's not even just football coaches. I'm, majority of them yes football coaches but i mean you get volleyball coaches and uh coaches of other sports track coaches and everything but yeah i mean to have 10 12 coaches in one place and majority of them, over half of them are football coaches mm-hmm. i mean it's, it's a great time it's a fun time uh it's a lot of knowledge and man it's, it's a great it's good and you get some of the uh, college coaches that come down because they either speak, they know it's important. I'm sure Dr. Ells will be down. So, mm. yeah, it's, it's a big it's a big deal. It's a big deal.
1: Yeah, you know, there was uh, a lot of talk when Coach Rule was at Baylor, how successful he was within the, the high school ranks there, like really, really making deep connections. Were you at Cypress Fairbanks at that time, or do you know some of the coaches that were, like, did they have – what were what were the – what's the connections you know of, of people that had, had met with Rule back in the, the Baylor days, and what are the thoughts towards uh, Coach Rule from the coaches you've talked to?
0: So I know the coaches here, a um, couple of coaches that's here uh, there, the coaches that was here when he was at Baylor are no longer here at this school, but mm-hmm. uh, some of the coaches uh, that I hear now, they were at other schools, so they had interactions with uh, Coach Rule. And, then this just nothing but good things to say about him. Like one of the coaches that um, Coach Rink's uh, uh, son, um, actually his his dad, our, Big ring. He coached with uh, McGuire. Okay. uh, Like now, coached at Cedar Hill together. And so Mm -hmm. um, they talk about Rule and how he was and how he carried himself and how he uh, ran a program and how he recruited. And, you know, they all kind of, you know, and all of them, and they respect him and, you know, they understand, like, he does things the right way. So, I mean, I've heard nothing but great things about him. And so it really helps us if one of our kids, you know, get offered and our kid really likes it, obviously mm-hmm. we, know we don't want to force our kids on anything, but if they really likes it, we are come saying like, okay, he's going to take care of you, you're good. You're not going to be worried about if he's being taken care of with being so far away from home. And that's one of the mm-hmm. biggest things, like you know, being from Texas, recruiting Texas, sending our kids somewhere, you know, that far, like, are they going to be okay? Are they going to be taken care of? Because that's what you kind of worry about we know our kids are going to be okay. And that's one of the main things with having Elsa and Rule and all those guys up there.
1: Mm. Well, this is great. I I mean, I'm at a point now. I don't know if I have the next question here, but uh you know, I, I really appreciate you taking all this time, Cody. This has been a, a lot of fun here. Um, I guess just, maybe just, in a just very kind of open-ended way. What are you excited about right now this offseason? season? What are you excited about, Coach Rule? What are you excited about the next uh, era of Husker football? Man, I think really
0: with 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 this year, I've I've been a lot more you know in tune what's been going on than I have been in the past. And I think I was telling somebody maybe it was Bland or somebody. um It'd be it'd be nice just to be able to root for Nebraska. I mean, I root for him, but like to be able to you know you know, coach's office with a bunch of former players and stuff. And mm-hmm. then, so talk a little trash a little bit. It's hard <laughs> to talk trash when you are getting your head beat in every other week or something, but whenever, you know, we actually competitive again and we win in, like mm-hmm. now I can actually, you know, talk a little noise to some of these guys and, you know, be able to, you know, back it up a little bit. And so mm-hmm. you know, that's one of the things I'm, I'm excited about. And, you know, even my, my son champ, I got my four year old son champ. Every time he sees something red or a red flag, he's like, go big red. And mm-hmm. so like, I'm ready, like to be a, like, hey, champ, champ. Nebraska's playing, like we win, and you know, give him his little, you know, Glenn jersey with dad on the back and all that, and just you know, be, be proud of it, pr- uh, proud about it again, you know. So uh, mm-hmm. I think with this new staff, they they're bringing it back. Uh, I think with the recruits that they're bringing in, and really just what Coach Rule does, you know, not even offensive, just as a program with the people that he brings in and and how he carries himself, how he carries a program, and I think that's what's going to allow them to be successful more than x's and o's just really like you already said like we are team first we're going to build from there and that's mm-hmm. you know staying together and doing things together and building the program that way i can already see that that's going to allow some success and that's going to you know carry over to the field and it's going to make me happy because i can talk a little trash to these people. <laughs> Michigan and Texas and all these other people are here talking about So, <laughs> so yeah. I think I'm looking forward to that more than anything, just talking to the trash.
1: <laughs> do you have any, uh, are there like, you know, Husker watch sites or anything that you do down there to get with other Husker fans during games or anything? Yeah, we always have a uh, was it uh, Texans for uh, Nebraskans and
0: we always, like, it's like a fox and hound down here uh, mm-hmm. that, that we go to and watch and watch the games and stuff like that and you know, one of the guys I played with, uh, David, David Harvey, uh, a tight end out of Maryland, yep. uh, he's um, he lives down here, too. So uh may have him go um, watch the game and stuff like that. But so I try to as many Nebraska people that I can find, I want to go watch, it, you know, with them. So it's it's awesome. But most Saturdays we work like Texas coaches in Texas. We work seven days a week during the football season, even on mm-hmm. Sundays. So whatever we do get off there and we try to go watch as much as we can.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much Cody. Uh, it, it is a tradition on on the forum, on the redcast when we do it to to give our guests the the final say. So it is it's all yours. You get the parting shot. Take us out of here.
0: Oh man, I just appreciate you for having me. I'm looking I'm looking forward to uh this season and um after, you know, we go and we have a good season having me back on so we can uh I can tell you how much trash I talk to these uh, these guys here in the office. And maybe I have one over here with me so they can – I make a bet with them. Say, hey, if we beat y'all, y'all got to come on, you know, the Go Big Redcast and tell us how the awesome Nebraska is.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Well, we'd love to have you back on. If you're – hey, it, whenever you come up to Lincoln, too, let us know, man. I'd love to, love to go hang out with you for a bit. So this oh, has yeah, been absolutely. a lot of fun. And uh, just remember out there, Redcasters, you too could be the next one to join us on the forum. Heard at Sports Network Production.